1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law.
2: Eight o'clock hour on a Tolo Tuesday with Sean Sharif Ralph James Choppy, our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt, live on the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube. Thanks for being a Tolo. That stands for Turn it on, leave it on. We are your home of the Dallas Cowboys and the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Have not heard any follow up to the CD Lamb mom story uh, between Micah's brother, Dak's brother. This is the one we were the most concerned about when she basically put Dak Prescott on blast saying, Yeah, I'd love to get CD to the Texans. You know, CJ Stroud's the man. Dak does not care, does not want a championship. Didn't hear anything from. Now, CD Lamb usually does a lot of. Radio Row media appearances. He sits down with Florio, I think, the past two years.
3: Yes, He's- and I'm, I'm hoping he will sit down with us. We'll see. Oh. That'd mm, be nice. Oh. And he doing...
2: We'll be able to keep
4: his head knit before the first three minutes. Let's, of the- let's, uh, <laughs> let's try not to
3: be snarky. As I just said, I'm trying to book
2: him. What was the... Commercials Jane sent us that he was doing for I can't remember uh, like the product.
3: Chips or something. I don't I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, but I mean, he he does a ton of different things. He's done Old Spice, yeah. he's done a bunch of different the one I saw yesterday I think was like Trisket or something.
2: So, he's probably going to have to address this next week when we all go to Las Vegas. Well, Cam Newton addressed it on the 4th and 1 podcast, Cam talking about number 88's mom and her comments towards Dak.
0: Mama Lamb. You, you putting your son in, the, in in a very murky situation now. Okay. It's 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 like, hold on. You're speeding. I mean in a 35. School zone. I mean at the construction site. God told my listen man. here. <laughs> brakes, the, brakes done went bad, pump, mama. Pump the brakes. You gotta hit something. Please, them fines is double. Okay. <laughs> listen here, mama. Baby, I know everything that we think. We don't need to say. Uh-huh. Everything we need to say don't need to be posted. Okay. Come on. Because, Lord have mercy, if my family would have said half of the stuff that they said over the kitchen table or over some dinner or the cookout or the barbecue, there would have been a lot of players <laughs> that would have hated me.
3: I like that. Because, Cam, a lot of times I think, Cam says some sensationalist stuff, and really, yeah, and Cam
4: naming half the quarterbacks in the league as uh, right, 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 and and just in managers, general,
3: managers, he gets a little, he he can get a little hot takey at times. Um, but I do, I do in general like the perspective that he's offering here, especially where he says essentially what we had kind of discussed, like the idea of like just because a family member says something, or maybe like family members have heard you vent before, or whatever else, like. That, that that's not real life. Like, like if, if everything that came across at the dinner table was something that got put into a social media post, like, there'd be a lot of teammates that would hate me. But that's not the reality of what we're dealing with here in our job. And so I do think that's probably good advice, too, of, like, just stop making things more difficult on CD.
2: This has to be very different. Right? It all has to do with your family dynamic and how tight you are, you know? Uh, with, with my family, uh, we're tight enough that I feel like they would – respect if I was in, you know, I mean, we're, we're Z listers, but if we were even, even my brother, he's very opinionated and loud about his thoughts on this show. So if he went on his social media and was like, Oh, this dumb segment or uh, Sean really thinks this about Bobby or this is what's really (laughs) happening. What do you really think? I mean, I really don't think I shy away from it. That's true. Yeah, I well, think we, 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 we read all of this text in an angry tone anyways. So. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to do that on Fridays. Yeah. We are we're going to you know, that we're, we're gonna have to do, we're going to write that down as a segment, <laughs> angry text. Uh, mean text, Perceived whatever. Received angry text. Yeah, <laughs> whatever whatever the segment is. Um, and how much are you? I mean, I would hang it over the heads if I was helping to support them too. I'd be like, "If you open your mouth again, you're cut off." Now, maybe they don't need your finances. Um, and and maybe you don't have that open pathway of communication of saying, shut up, you're making my life miserable, but it all has to do with your family dynamic. I don't know what it is for C.D. and his mom. Could be anything, I mean... To me, if the family respects you and loves you, then put away your own ego, Zach Wilson's mom, um, and be quiet so you don't hurt your child or hurt your family member that has to live in the public spotlight.
4: Yeah, like, you know, my sister... My older one hates that I talk about my dad on the radio. Oh, really? Hates it. Yeah, because she's very family. Uh, you keep the. F- she's like this. She's like I think she's a wannabe mafia. Cosa nostra. <laughs> yeah. uh, like you, know, you keep the family laundry. You don't air the dirty
2: laundry. She takes visits, yeah. on, the she she takes visits on the day birthday. of her kids' birthday, kids' weddings,
4: wedding. And I'm like. And I said her, I said, get your own radio show, then. Like, that's that's, that's what I'd say to get you. A know, get a podcast. Get a podcast and, and, and then dispute everything I'm saying. Um, But she hates it. She hates it. So, like. So, she listens? No, she doesn't. None of my, my family doesn't know well, what I do talking How
2: does she work. know what you're saying? The copos
4: uh, tell her. Yeah, everybody. We, we have stitches. <laughs> we have stitches everywhere. Uh, Yeah, her son is my nephew, Nick, who, you know, tindy hand, Tinder hands. Yeah. Uh, you know, he listens all the time. So, I don't know if he tells her or whatever, but
2: he's, he's not, like, ratting on me. Right. And You don't uh, say anything bad. It's, no, a, it's a very, it's a very heartwarming, yeah. um, relatable subject. Yeah, I and mean, you, I and you make some
4: jokes. Yes, I do. And I didn't go into detail when he decided to get naked in the middle of the facility and <laughs> well, you know flip and flop everywhere. I don't, I don't really get into that. Sure, but uh, so, but I get it, right? You know, every family dynamic is different, and 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 you may have different views on what you want. But yeah, you know, CDs in the public eye, and if. If Mama got a free house already and doesn't need it anymore, and now she's willing to say what she wants, I have no idea. I don't know what it's, what it's like.
3: Yeah, uh, look, I think in general, it's always coming from when Tad Prescott talks, or Mama Lamb, as CD or as uh, Cam Newton calls her, or when Terrence Parsons talks. Like, I think this all comes from a genuine place of wanting to support them. It like it's with the best of intentions. I think honestly, it's just. It, it can get emotional. Like, like, it's an emotional thing when you're talking about a family member, and it's very easy to be a little narrow-focused or short-sighted and not understand, like, in the long run, this doesn't help. Yeah. And so I think in general, CD's or, or Cam's comments are well taken. And Cam had one more follow-up
2: on his podcast towards CD's mom or other other family members like her.
0: This is real spiel mm-hmm. for anybody in the NFL college, sports, it don't matter as a whole. Supporting cast don't make it any better by voicing their honest opinion. Mm-hmm. You just don't. Everybody need to go on silent mode. Just, just do not disturb. You're I, going be I, I quiet. say this respectfully. Mm-hmm. Just shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. Because it's not going to do any good.
3: Alright, so there's Cam Newton. And I think that's a pretty level take from a guy that sometimes doesn't have level takes. But it also sounds like that's something, especially being a quarterback, and and being that same position as Dak Prescott, and it sounds like he had to try to keep his family quiet on some stuff. It's probably just something that like really resonates with Cam. Is like, hey, that makes it really tough on us to do what we need to do yeah. when when we get teammates and their families like talking outside the lines.
2: Okay, one thing we have not done on this show, and we need to do it, is go over the Cowboys' opponents for next season, because Peyton and I had. Directly opposite immediate reactions. And I know we all just sit here and say 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5. It doesn't matter who you play. They're just going to end up being 12 and 5, you know, 11 and 6. And that has basically ended up being right over the past few seasons, mm-hmm. three straight years uh, to be correct. But my initial feeling, I didn't go back and look at this. I just looked at the Cowboys' opponents. I was like, holy crap, this is, this is a nightmare schedule. Oh, it's a nightmare. This is vicious. Peyton, I remember like a week or two ago said, "Oh no, especially with this schedule, you know, that's twelve wins again." Am I am I getting that right? You weren't you weren't that
3: worried about it?
1: Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, look, you have the, the and you'll go over to the AFC North, but you also have the NFC South, which I, I can pick r- around you know four wins just like that. The division they'll go five and one in again. So I already had you know about eight or nine wins without going outside you know the
2: NFC. Okay, very good, very fair. Um, all right, let's go over the opponents. Obviously, you have. The NFC East. Choppy, you've done a very good job of predicting the division dominance every single year. Their record against the NFC East with the Sari Giants rebuilding commanders on the fence Eagles will be about what? I will say it's gonna be
4: five and one, and I reserve the right to make it four and two if that final game is like meaningless, meaningless on the road, yeah. you know, whatever, right? That that but that's the only caveat. Other than that, NFC East five and
2: one. All right. Here's the away games, and I'm I'm. Uh, this is just a test for me to say my initial reaction whether I should trust myself moving forward. At Pittsburgh, at Atlanta, at Carolina, at Cleveland, and at San Francisco. Okay, at Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Carolina. Cleveland, San Francisco. How tough is that?
3: Um, I, I think it's Atlanta's the one that I'm not certain about, but the uh, all those other games, I, I feel confident about. Carolina, they're You're uh, Confident at me. Cleveland? No, no, no. I'm saying I feel confident about my take on on whether they're difficult or not. Carolina is easy. Every uh, Carolina is easy. Atlanta's kind of waffly. waffly. All the others are difficult. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and San Francisco are difficult road games. Okay. Five letters. Grass. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: All three of those are on grass, and this team has not played well on grass. Team hasn't played
3: well on the road. Period. So if I were just looking at this, I would say that's a two and three record. I'd I'd said five and one in the division as well. I think this is two and three. Okay.
2: So so far we are at seven and four, and right now I'm kind of questioning my initial reaction. I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem like a nightmare, (laughs) but then I looked at the home, and. It's good that these are at least at home, outside of the division. Saints, Bucks, Ravens, Bengals, Lions, and Texans. That's where I was saying to myself, oh, my goodness. That's brutal. Texans, Cincinnati, Baltimore, all coming to AT&T. What do you think? Yeah. And I mean, again this is a first place schedule.
3: Yeah. yeah, given I mean given how they played this season and and how I saw the toughness of those other teams that are on the schedule, I think that in a vacuum like this is two and four. But at home? Yes. But nine and eight overall record from Bobby. But I also, at the same time, even when I just look at it on an individual game by game basis, something tells me like one of those four, like they're probably not going to lose. They, they will probably flip one of those. So I fall, I don't know which ones, but I fall on three and three. All right.
4: I, so we're at 10 and seven. I fell on three and three just off the top of my head, too. Now listen, like I, I whoa. I think three they'll beat, three.
3: I think they'll beat New Orleans. I think New Orleans
4: and Tampa is the givens that they win. Um, but I... that,
2: this is long ways away from twelve and five. It is. This now, is
4: both ten and seven. Right now, I've got a loss. I'm just doing this. Like I've got a loss. Uh, you're you're going to split Detroit Cincy. They beat Cincy here a couple years. They beat Cincy with Cooper Rush for crying out loud. Like you know, and that, yeah. that, that, that was
3: a, that was a good play. That was a good Cincy team. It was a different. It was a different Cincy team early yeah. in the year, though.
4: What is the Detroit hangover? Do you get them early? Do you get them late? Yeah. Uh, Houston, what? There's a second year. Is there a second year bump? Or, or downslide Baltimore's the game. I think we're all I would all put we would all put that as a loss just in theory because they're a better roster.
3: They historically the NFL has historically put whenever Dallas gets Houston, they've historically put them in the first five weeks of the season. You usually get a one of the bigger like division games in there like, like you very easily could open the season against Philadelphia. You could get Houston in the first month. You know, typically they're not going to schedule multiple AFC games in the first five weeks, but they did it this year. They put Patriots and Jets there, so you very easily could get Pittsburgh maybe. So if you're talking about in the first several weeks, because the, the order of these games, even if you think they're going to go 10 and 7, the order of these games and how tough it they matters. are, it matters a lot to Pittsburgh. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's security. Dude, if he Pitt- gets five of these difficult games to open the season, his job could be in trouble.
4: Pittsburgh and Cleveland? <laughs> Pittsburgh and Cleveland before. We said that last year. But Pittsburgh and Cleveland before December first is a gift, or before before mid November is a gift. Mid November, if you get Pittsburgh and Cleveland like in September or October, with the way Dax, you know, necessarily is, you know,
2: on the road, that's a gift. We know that the Rangers are signing old injured people, but how are they growing things with the youth, with the next stars? The rest of the sport is talking about the World Series champs and can a celebrity set up a GoFundMe for her kids baseball tournament next.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
5: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Good morning, Metroplex. 8 o'clock hour continues here on Sean and RJ. In case you did not know, and I'm wearing the sweatshirt to prove it. We are your home of the World Series Champion, Texas Rangers. So keep that in mind. With spring training, just a short time away. And we have some Brandon Belt rumors that are out there, Choppy. Yeah,
4: there's uh there's talk that they are the Rangers are kicking the tires on old Brandon Belt of his uh eight fifty plus OPS last year, an OPS plus over 130. Good year, 100 and some games, not many, about 103 games. Um and he's got, he's got uh, a history with Bruce Bochi uh from his time in San Francisco not a bad player like he's he's one of the he's turned into one of these like professional hitters he's not going to bat you 300 but he's going to get on base he will put up a good ops on you and that's what teams looking for today
3: yeah he'll got he gets on base pretty efficiently uh he had that down year in uh 22 but like like the bounce back last year was nice but if you look collectively over the last six years or so like I mean he's a pretty steady 850 type of OPS guy and I mean getting that as a replacement for Garver is great now yeah this is absolutely a replacement for Garver because he you know has not been great in the field over the last several years but I mean I'm all for this bring more belts to town Oh, are there room for two belts,
4: uh, two B belts too?
3: Oh yeah!
4: Oh my Related? gosh!
3: I would buy a Rangers belt jersey at that point. Yes.
4: Ooh, I, you know what? To. I don't know that you can. Still, I still think that looks like you're wearing your own your own name.
3: Right? That's not. That is a ridiculous yeah, technicality. I don't think
4: somebody with the last name
3: Parsons could wear a Micah jersey. Really? So, I don't think so. So, so. If grown up, well, the Yankees so. don't put names on the back of jerseys. Okay. No. So, so if there would have been a a, a Rangers player that gets signed and his last name's choppy and he wears 23 you're not buying it it? no i think think, you're such a liar i think it's too presumptuous i (laughs) think you can do it
2: all right we've been having fun kind of poking poking fun making jokes about these signings being old and injured but let's talk about the youth because for years around here this was an achilles heel the rangers are not raising and developing their own so where do they stand on that?
3: The Utes. Uh, so Baseball Prospectus uh, a couple weeks ago came out with their top one hundred and one prospects list, and the, and the Rangers have done a really good job of kind of building back the farm system, and you know exactly yeah. they built it back better. And I, I think that when you look at you know they've been picking near the top of the draft for several years, they're like yeah th- this should make sense. How many how many big time pitchers have they picked? Surely they're they're flush with talent now in the minor leagues. Flushed. Well. Not so much, Uh, according to Baseball Prospectus, anyway. uh, The Rangers get three players in the top 101 from Baseball Prospectus, and it's Evan Carter, Wyatt Langford, and then the other one is Sebastian Walcott, their 17 year old shortstop who's been really ascending quickly. But that's it. They've got three position players. Wyatt Langford is the number two prospect on baseball prospectuses list, and Evan Carter is number four. So the Rangers have two guys in the top four. We already saw Carter last year, how encouraging he was. Uh, the MLB pipeline list, which is the MLB.com list, that's uh, I think Jim Callis and a bunch of other people work on that. Uh, they had one extra prospect on the baseball prospectus list, and it was Brock Porter. And so the right-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. Brock Porter, who was the guy they got when they – took Kumar rocker at the top of the draft to then be able to have the slot money to be able to sign him in the fourth round. That's the guy that that is. And Porter's been good in the minor leagues, but this is a little concerning to me, at least that on these two top 100 lists, it's like, you know, we're there's not the Jack lighter name. There's not the Owen white name. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kumar rocker pitched well last year before he, you know, had the Tommy John injury, but it's a little concerning that all this capital that's been thrown big time capital on minor league pitchers just hasn't, tallied up to anything for, yet for whatever reason
4: they have never ever this is not a this is not a uh, a recent issue they've never consistently been able to develop pitchers they developed I mean and I can't even tell you they developed Matt Harrison I mean they traded for him he was in another farm
3: system um yeah I mean there they was- developed Holland yeah, they had – so C.J. Wilson is a development, well, I think. Maybe consider him fully developed. <laughs> right, but C.J. was like a – was the C.J. a bullpen guy when he first came up here for like a couple years? He and was starter, then, then bullpen, then back to starter. Then back to starter. But they still – like, they brought him up. So, fair, that's so, that's so I mean, C.J. Wilson, I think Matt Harrison spent enough time in this minor league system that you can count that as one. They obviously didn't grow him completely. But then you got Feliz – they got Derek Holland. Like I think they did a decent job there in like the in a year stretch. Yeah, it was yeah. it was very narrow. But I mean, that's that's all you've it's essentially gotten history. out of there. That's their history of developing pitchers. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Kevin Brown.
4: <laughs> they developed Kevin Brown in, like
2: 1990. Well, okay. maybe they can uh, scout uh, the kids playing on Alyssa Milano's team. Uh, Alyssa Milano. Pepe. Do you know who that is? No, do not. Hey, I, I know. How we have to
3: do a pop culture. Quiz with him and Mackenzie, his new girlfriend. She would have to know who that is, right? She would have to know who Alyssa Milano is, I would think. I would hope Alyssa Milano.
2: She's always on these TVs when we come in here. Mm-hmm. Is that charmed? Yep. Okay. Yeah. She catches a lot of backlash on social media. Very outspoken, and on Thursday night she caught backlash for starting a GoFundMe. Who's the boss, by the way? Look her up. Uh She started a GoFundMe to pay. Also, look up Poison Ivy if you want to. that's (laughs) Yeah, don't look up who's the boss. Get Chris Hansen on Mm, you. Or just look up Mr. Skin. Alyssa Milano started a GoFundMe to pay for her kid's baseball team to go to Cooperstown this summer. Here's the tweet. My son's baseball team is raising money for their Cooperstown trip. Any amount would be so greatly appreciated. You can read more about the team and make a donation here. This sparked... Outrage! You're rich. You're a celebrity. What are you doing? Making a GoFundMe. Alyssa's begging for donations. She's reportedly worth $10 million. But wait, it gets better. Her husband is the co-head of creative arts agency, CAA, the famous representation uh, organization. And she responded to the backlash saying she's paid for many things for her kids team and was just looking to raise money for their recent trip. I paid for uniforms. For the entire team and coaches, throw them birthday parties and sponsor any kid who cannot afford monthly dues. The kids also do fundraising themselves—car washes, movie nights, and many other fun things. Thanks to all who have contributed, you have made things easier for these boys and their families. This is the this is the same Cooper. So this is the
4: Cooperstown trip that you do after uh, in, at uh, at 12 years old. 12U, and we did this we did this a couple years ago. It's not cheap. It's, there's two different ones up there. There's two different parks. One is like $1,600 per kid. And the other one's like 2000 Wow. And that's just for the player. The parents have to get an Airbnb or a hotel. By the way. Wow. There are no hotels in Cooperstown. And the ones that are there are like 500 bucks a night because there's like, everybody's there for the trip. So you're getting an Airbnb. You're not, you're flying into either Boston or New York City. It's a three hour drive. It's a nightmare to get there. And it's for it's it's a good for a family of four. It's probably five grand for the week, for a family of four, with your, with the child with the child playing. So
2: this like. is not covered by all the dues that you already pay and all the fees. I mean, the team will pay it,
4: and then like they'll 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 collect the dues for the player. You got to have the money in, and a lot of times you could do online and you can do it yourself. But then the parents have to go on their own, and you know with car rental and with flight, and it's a week. Okay. It's Sunday to Sunday or I think it's Saturday to Saturday. Uh you're talking a lot of money. Yeah. So, it's and just for the
2: players,
4: it's going to be like 16 grand just for the 10 players <laughs> that are on the
2: team. So this sounds like you are defending her and what I'm hearing from you is this is defensible. This sounds Yeah, cuz like I don't have as I don't have a Bobby just smirking because it's Alyssa Milano.
3: That's why he's defending.
2: I don't have as big of a problem with her after hearing why should she have to? Why should she pay sixteen twenty k? Why should she have to lay that out for everyone? Yeah, like
4: I mean, there's a lot of things about Alyssa Milano Milano that I, I can't stand. Like this is not one of them. This is to me, she's just sharing the team's GoFundMe. It's not on her to pay for everybody. Right, there are rich parents on my kid's team. One of them's a professional athlete. He, he doesn't, doesn't pay well. for it. He doesn't pay for it. We don't ask him to pay. We—that's we, th- not how this works. I mean, you're in charge yeah. of your own child. Yeah, it's not her responsibility just because she's worth ten million dollars to front. I mean, if she if she, does, a, if, if she
2: does, this like, isn't a like, uh, Bezos, right? You know, you know right? Okay, Bezos, made me throw it down. Let's
4: just say it's like two thousand bucks for the year for the whole kid, outside of the Cooperstown trip. So the right, so if she pays for one. Here comes another parent, and here comes another parent, and now now she's fronting the entire team. That's like 30, 40 grand a year.
2: Like that. Cooperstown should cover it. They should pay for these teams' travel to come, really. Like, this is ridiculous. This is freaking insane. You earn the right to go there, right? You keep advancing in the tournament. Oh, no, no, no. This is This is not
4: one of those. That's not one of these. This is a tournament that you elect to go to. It's not like you advance to it. Anybody could sign up for this. Oh. Anybody can sign up for the Cooperstown trip. You got to get selected cuz oh. like there's some, like everybody wants to play in this. So they only they don't take there's they do this for like uh mm. 10 weeks
2: and there's like well then let me change 75 100 teams <laughs> each week. It's, let, it's a lot. Let me alter my opinion. If you all can't afford to go, then don't go to the tournament.
3: But
4: that's why you raise money. That's why you do fundraisers. That's why we do like Super Bowl squares uh where like half the money goes to the, to the winner, half goes to the team. So, you you know, you go, you do fundraisers. The cities will help pay for this a lot, but it's a lot of money. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It ain't worth $1,600. Not for the Sloppy Joe Thursday sandwich they give you (laughs) and the bologna sandwich Tuesday, okay?
2: Are you for real? Bologna sandwich? It's awful. The food there is is just terrible. What what are you getting? uh, Where are you you going to eat? On on, on site, ra-
4: on site. Rations? Know, if, if you're a coach or player you eat in like the mess hall and it's a dried hamburger it's a worse burger than Sandler's uh charity event oh, uh, it's <laughs> yes. uh it's a sloppy Joe it's a chicken. it's a turkey sandwich uh it's uh it's worse breakfast eggs. than
2: Bobby brings in three times a week for us chili you know oh, it's yeah. terrible
4: yeah you Bob, get your little you get your little high school milk cup
3: yeah I look I mean I think that it is that if, if if this is something you're just willingly doing on your own, like it's, it, it is just bad optics. If, if you want to get to where it's, it's like, bad hey, optics. You, you don't have to, if you don't want it to be something where you're paying all of it, you're fronting all of it. Fine. I get that. But like, you also probably run in circles where like you could share this with friends like, Hey, so-and-so's baseball team is raising money. If you could donate it like, I'm sure she could find people to do this without the optics of putting it on social media and looking like, She's trying to get charity as right. a millionaire. What That's are, what's a bad look.
2: What are all the little league parents saying?
4: Uh, let's see if she was selling a raffle or something. It's okay. But a go fund me is a bad look.
2: Yeah. Go fund me. I think of like for a health crisis. Right. <laughs> right. I do. Yeah. I, now, I know. Now, now, my only thing is like
4: from what I understand, she didn't start it. She just shared the teams like she just used her platform to share the team. That is less. But nobody pays attention. Perception to that. is reality. Um, though. She's doing what other moms do, but just with a lot of extra money in the bank. If your team needs a GoFundMe, fund you don't need the team. Uh, let's see, other parents take advantage of her. I'm sure rich people get tired of family asking for money, let alone an entire team's family expecting it. Right. Uh, she's
3: not responsible for sponsoring the whole team. Uh, let's okay. see. I don't... said She is, but don't you don't have to go share it? Like you don't have well, to. Well, she's like...
2: trying to get them to go. But
3: I know. But I'm saying like she's go... using her
2: her power, her platform to get it paid for. I guarantee, if I go and look at it, it's covered. I, I haven't looked. I didn't click on it, but I guarantee you it's covered. And mainly because Alyssa Milano put herself out there, and now they're going to go. I'm 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 guessing. Is it? Did you, did you open it?
3: No, I'm looking for it right now. I'm picking it up right now. Anything else? Go find.
4: I mean, me. somebody, uh, my, my my guy might. If that was the photo of the. Uh... But why do you guys have
2: to eat that? Well, eat 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 their dried bad food.
4: Well, because you're you're on you're on the property. You stay on the property. There's a big barracks, right? So you stay on the property. No air conditioner, by the way you stay there and like that's where the food is. Now you can leave campus yeah. to eat. Yeah, drive your car to a freaking... But there's nothing around. Like yeah. there's nothing around. It's in the it's in a farmland. Oh. So you got it's like a 20 30 minute drive to Cooperstown to actually downtown Cooperstown. Oh. So from where you are, you just eat because you already paid for this. You've paid six hundred dollars oh.
3: for this. They uh, they did get their donations. They barely cleared it. She tweeted, thank you to everyone who donated. Milo's team's GoFundMe has reached their goal. I so appreciate your donations How in much? the midst of the vitriol. How much? They needed $10,000. They got
2: $11,290. $11,290 would not happen if she didn't get herself killed on social media. Has the football goat been humbled by the rest of the NFL? That's next. And below the belt on the fan.
5: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: The great Bobby Bell. You ruined the morning show.
3: Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take off no, my belt. We're not. Matt Patricia's favorite word. You're never going to guess what it is. I'll let you sit on it. We'll, we'll come pencil. back to it. Well, it's not pencil. By the way, he was getting killed a couple weeks back when he had the pencil in the ear. And I don't know if this has been pointed out several times before, but at least it was in this one instance where he's got the pencil in the ear and he's holding a laminated play sheet. And they're like, what are you writing on? You're not even going to need that pencil because it's laminated. You can't draw on it. Man, you so. don't hear
2: one likable story about this dude. He no. is
3: hated. Hated. Hated, like universally across the league. And you know what? It's
2: Bill O'Brien, you know, people think he's a jackass. Uh, Charlie Weiss, people have some stories. It's
4: weird. I'm trying to think,
2: Josh McDaniels, nobody wow. likes. There, there's,
4: a, there's
2: a connection there. Matt Patricia. Um, I you, think Romeo?
3: Maybe wow. the most liked. I was about to say, was Romeo there when you were in Kansas City? I know it was Haley, but was Romeo on staff or anything? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, but either way, it is. It, it is a been, common. It is a common theme. I mean, even Jalen Milrow during leading up to the CFP was taking shots at Bill O'Brien. And he's like, he told me I was trash last year. He's like, well, look where I am now. Like, I mean, they're, the the Belichick culture, the guys under him who try to repeat it, they they run into some problems. And there's another story of that that we'll get to here in just a second. First off, perfect segue for Bill Belichick. Thank you. He is not going to get a head coaching job. It does not appear. Uh, Washington is still open. Seattle is still open that's something that we would hope to hear about this week. I would assume that those would be done because typically the NFL does not make hires during Super Bowl week. It's considered a distraction. Uh, the Adam Schefter had a, a word yesterday. Cause everybody's been expecting Ben Johnson was going to get the Washington job. And that was a slam dunk and Schefter kind of just poured a little cold water on it. He's like, well, I don't know that that's just a total guarantee. Like let's, let's be a little patient. And Dan Quinn's supposed to be in Washington today for his in-person interview. So are they wanting to see what Dan Quinn has to offer Did they are they circling back on Belichick? Like, who knows what's happening there? But the issue with Bill Belichick was covered by Charles Robinson at the end of last week, who's pretty well connected just throughout the league. He's got good sources to be able to talk to various teams and get a, you know, get a beat on why this is an issue. Yeah. So he wrote uh, this article the other day and says, as Falcons pass on Bill Belichick, it's clear what is shutting him out of this NFL head coaching hiring cycle. He says the Dallas Cowboys job never opened. The Chargers vacancy was never on the table. Falcons chose to go another way. And now with two coaching jobs remaining, it's looking more feasible than ever that the 2024 NFL hiring cycle could leave Bill Belichick behind the reasons time and power. Belichick has a short supply of one and continues to seek an abundance of the other. That's the takeaway from Belichick's pair of meetings with the Falcons, which ultimately led team owner, Arthur blank to reconsider his quest to secure the heavy hitting culture architect, who boasts a titanic resume. Despite two meetings, the Falcons continued to scour and refine their list of candidates this week, igniting a belief in league and agent circles that the organization was seriously considering options beyond Belichick. Obviously, then they go to Raheem Morris. But the word from this is that Belichick is, for all of the discussion about, you know, when Michael Lombardi tells us, yeah, if you know what you're talking about, he'll, he'll defer to you. He'll let you do this. That is not what he is putting off to teams right now is that and he, is the, he is, is the top
4: dog in charge.
3: He is the guy, and that he wants to have these personnel decisions, and he wants to change organizational structure. And this is the concern I felt like with the potential Belichick hire here in Dallas, was not just the the front office, but this also... Is an
2: amazing power struggle. It is. Amazing. And at,
3: wh- and at what point do you blink, or, or do you just say, I'm Bill F. and Belichick, I'm not going to blink for anything. If you're not going to meet my demands, I'm not going to...
2: What if he gets frozen out like no one ever hires him again? He is frozen out because of the structure that he uh, what wants. He, I mean, what he wants.
4: I mean, that's. Honestly, there are no. teams that want to be able to have a. Uh, he would completely blow up the entire structure. And I heard Michael Lombardi talking about this this week, where he was like, "This is an old George Young thing. It's cover your desk, cover, protect your desk at all costs." Like this is like Rich McKay in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, not allowing... Like he's in Arthur Blank's ear. Yeah. Uh, that a, has, guy, a guy who's five games over 500 in the last 20 years has got Arthur Blank's ear, and
3: he's like, I'm protecting my desk. You're not going to bring Bill Belichick in here, and I'm going to lose my job. Which that has changed, apparently, in the process of hiring Raheem Morris. Uh, Raheem Morris and uh, one of the other executives that they hired the organizational tweak that they had apparently last week, according to reports is that those people now report directly to Arthur blank and skip over rich McKay. So rich McKay is starting to kind of get shuffled out a little bit, but Belichick basically wants to, and this is what I figured the Patriot way, the Patriot culture it's, it's just as cultish as the TB 12 method. And so I, I think that it was going to be critical to Belichick to not just have some personnel control, but also to be able to say, I need guys who fit my culture and what I do, and and I I don't have time here to waste. Yeah. Trying to try something different. We need to get this started now. Tear things down to and and rebuild it to my specifications. And I think that that was something that there was going to be resistance here in Dallas to if the job well, came over.
2: Okay, so you come here and you're Belichick. What are you tearing down? Like, g- give me some examples. What do, what do we have to tear down? You're not tearing anything down. You got twelve and five, and you can alter. You can alter to put us over the top. We don't have to take four steps backwards. You figure out this year who are your Patriot guys. You figure out the Patriot way. You're not not just jettisoning everyone. We're not starting over. You tinker and you add to it, you'd be the finishing piece. We're not going backwards.
3: What does that mean? Well, I mean, in terms of organizational structure, like just from that front, like you're talking about changing up the way that the scouting process is done, the selection of players, which... He does not have a great history of,
2: and then you got to be Arthur Blank or these owners and say to Belichick, like imagine saying in that room, "You suck as a draft evaluator because of your history of drafts." How do you say that to him? Right, you're sitting there that uncomfortable conversation, and you got to say because the common sense tells you you got to tell him you have a draft problem. Your personnel was awful. Here are the numbers. We want you to work with someone. We want you to work with someone. Why do you think you've struggled? Why? I've, I'm always fascinated to know what is asked between the two sides in these interviews. Why do you think your draft
3: history recently is so terrible? And what would he say to that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's tough. Like, I would assume that, like anything else, there you know, it's just like anything. I, I think that probably Belichick everybody in that moment is looking to cover their bases without sounding like they're making excuses. So he'd probably try to, you know, talk about like, well, this didn't work out here. We did this, but like, you know, this is why our evaluation, he would probably lean really heavily into their process that led to that and show this is why we had every indication. So this is an outlier that it didn't go correctly.
4: He could also say like, he could refute the, they've not had a player sign a second contract for the last 10 years. Well, we had Joe. We, we drafted Joe Tooney. We didn't sign him. He was too expensive. We drafted Jamie Collins. We didn't re-sign him. He went somewhere else. We drafted Chandler Jones. We didn't re-sign him. He went somewhere else. Like yeah. they had guys that they drafted that got second contracts, just second contracts elsewhere because they didn't want to or couldn't afford to, or for whatever reason. Right.
3: Yeah, and and like that's the out he could use for that. And, and when we talk about rebuilding to his specifications, outside of just the scouting process, let's say on the football field. Like like this group of players that okay he's not talking about just adding to it he's talking about changing it so without knowing specifics of his thought process this is just like an example of what I'm uh, what if I heard if we heard these reports coming out I don't think any of us would be surprised let's say he gets here to Dallas and he says I need three four personnel so I need to I, I need to clear out these defensive ends I, I I don't think for whatever reason I don't think Demarcus Lawrence can set the edge uh, with his hand on the ground as a three four guy I I need to move on from Demarcus is he Lawrence run
4: a three four anymore.
3: Who? Belichick? It's I'm just still, saying he's, he's done it consistently yeah. through screw. And if he wants to use Micah Parsons like Lawrence Taylor, that yeah. would be what it would be. I would guess that he would probably use safeties different, which means you're going to have to change your safeties than what Dan Quinn had done. Let's say he gets here, and I don't know that this would be his opinion, but he was a big Stefan Gilmore fan. He's always like cerebral corners and and guys who are high IQ players. Trayvon Diggs is considered a bit of a gambler. Deron Bland is sometimes considered a bit uh-huh. of a gambler. What if he comes here and goes, I can't work with these guys? Like digs, like you got to go get me draft picks for digs because this isn't gonna work. And I don't know that he would say that, but those are the types of things that I think if he got here, we'd start hearing certain moves that people would be like, "Why? Why are you gonna move that player? Because yeah. you just it doesn't fit your culture or your way." Did well,
2: you see a story that maybe the giant possibility yeah. down the road may not happen?
3: Yeah, and this is uh,
4: this is from uh, the basically the Jordan Rannan. Yeah, yeah, he is the Giants kind of Todd Archer for ESPN. Let's uh, not get carried away, huh? <laughs> and he he wrote this. He said, "I've heard this multiple times in the past five or six, seven years." Uh, and the dirty little secret about Bill and the Giants is that he has great affinity and memories, but he doesn't look at the Giants the same way he used to when he was here. And he he goes on to say he's directly told that to people: be careful about the organization and their setup. And the way it's run. Mm. And that's been relayed on multiple occasions. So, yeah, he loves the Giants. Uh, he has great memories for the past, but it doesn't mean that he is bat s crazy in love with the organization right now. So that may
3: keep him from the Giants? Sure. Uh, I would also say that it's, it's something that has been said about his culture, too. And the way that he's built things up, not just because of the coaching stuff like we talked about. There is a, there is an annoyance across personnel circles in the league that like people buy into the Patriot way. They're just like, it's such a stupid method. It's not even a real method. It's borderline cultish, and the results don't match up. The process is bad. The coach doesn't know what he's looking at anymore. And it just irritates personnel people across the league that like oh. there's this... Revered status for something that they think is the results well, say is not That's good. So,
2: well, well you, then you, you got to make an either or decision. And I'm I'm still willing to take all that bad. Uh, and 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 the good is I'm going to get a guy who is never going to be outdone on game day and in game prep. All the little small. Hopefully, Bill Belichick, if this ever happened, would give enough credit to Will McClay and be like, "You're the man. You do a great job. There's no reason to change stuff. This is what I like." I'd like you to go find that within my parameters. But then you trade for all these game day, game management situations that cost teams this past weekend. And we always talk about with Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett. All that stuff is fixed for the most part, in my opinion. So you you decide what you want. Do you want this unpleasant, jackass culture Hmm. where people may be miserable and you mess up the way things are done in terms of scouting and drafting, and you get all the game day fixes and out-coaching and out-doing the other sideline every week, or you want a little bit lax in those details and have things the way you have them in the front office with the structure. That's your trade-off.
3: You pick. Yeah, I I don't know that he's a great
4: game... like.
3: Oh, I I view Belichick as like he's the lawyer who's going to find the like legal. Oh, yeah, he's going to find a loophole.
2: Absolutely, but but, absolutely. And why is he the greatest coach of all time? Don't just say Tom Brady. Like, if I asked you who 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 is the greatest coach of all time, you'd say Belichick. I mean, what's the reason for it then? I
4: mean, I look. I I think Tom Brady's a major reason for it. Okay. I mean, I I do believe that. Um, I mean,
2: look, he's he. But if I give that, what makes him a great coach? I think in an era it's not that drafting. is no longer today, Yeah,
4: his defenses were incredible at taking advantage of the rules. The rules are such now that defenses can't take advantage of the rules anymore. And I do think that he has slipped a little bit, and the game has passed that by. Not, not necessarily passed him by, but passed that by. Like, his greatest trait, defense was in an era of a much more balanced offense. And now the
2: defenses are much more unstable than they ever have been, and I think he is a victim of that. I want to take some phone calls, and we have a former Dallas Maverick arrested. What is your problem if you have one with the NBA? 877-881-1053. I know Mikey Bask is listening because he just texted me. So, Mikey, you'll enjoy this Tolo Caller segment on if you have a problem with the association
1: next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.